Hello, my name's Tim Howells and welcome to the fifth of five recordings with contributors to the 2013 book Sacrifice and Modern Thought. This book is available now via Oxford University Press. For more information about the contributor or the book itself, or to get in touch, please visit the website for the Faculty of Theology and Religion at the University of Oxford. This can be found at theology.ox.ac.uk. We hope you enjoy the recording. Well, our final interview today is with Professor Gavin Flood, who is Professor of Hindu Studies and Comparative Religion here at the University of Oxford. So, Gavin, thank you very much indeed for your time. You're welcome. Now, in the interviews we've conducted so far, we've had various examples of sacrifice um, considered as a form of gift exchange, perhaps. Um, and in your chapter, which is called Sacrifice as Refusal, Whilst that isn't entirely rejected, I think it is somewhat nuanced. Um, sacrifice is not only that, but it's also a form of inner or inward transformation. And you describe this in terms of renunciation or refusal. So with that in mind, can we begin with the very general question? Um, why do you think it might be productive to theorise sacrifice as refusal? That's a good question. I think that sacrifice seems to be a, an all-pervasive practice in, in human cultures from early times, and it's only in recent years, really, that we've got rid of it, as it were. So um, I began to think about what, what, um, what sacrifice was, what is sacrifice, and that, that's been answered by many people, of course. And one theme which I which which I began to think about from the Indian context actually was the idea of renunciation that there's an alignment of sacrifice with renunciation. So I began to think what sacrifice was, and in contrast to Bataille, who was arguing that sacrifice is excess, is luxury, is affirmation. I was thinking that um, on the contrary, sacrifice seems to be a refusal. It's a refusal of um, of goods, if you like, of of um, of meat. Um, that it would be shared by a community, um, and it's also, but there's a deeper refusal. There's a refusal of um, of death. It's a, it's saying no to death. That that uh, it's an enactment of of the of of of, of an aporia, I suppose. Um, that all life ends in death, as it were, and it's an mm. attempt to affirm life over death mm. through death. And so the sacrifice becomes a symbol or a metonym, perhaps, of, of the sacrificer. Mm. Um, so it's a refusal at many levels, I think. Mm. Now, and you mentioned there the 20th century French writer Georges Bataille, and as you say, he was also interested in the idea of sacrifice as, as an excess, but also sacrifice as, as death. C could you flesh out a little bit more the points at which you're looking to move beyond this very strange framework that Bataille presents. <laughs> he, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Bataille is an extraordinary <laughs> character. He was a strange man, I think. and uh, He belonged to a society that... Um, Assefal. Yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Headless Man Society or something, uh, uh, interested in sacrifice. Um, and the, um, the accursed chair, La Pau Maudite, is... Um, he, he considered one of his, his 
best works, I think. And in that book, he, he talks about sacrifice, particularly Aztec sacrifice, as sort of an economy of exchange in which energy from the sun is comes into the community, and the and there's an excess there's a, a, an excess of energy built up in the society, and that has to be expressed as a sort of catharsis, and that's what sacrifice is: the violence, the en- the excess energy of the community gets expressed in the in the sacrificial victim. And thereby the sacrificial victim is brought from the world of work, what he calls the world, the objective world of work, back into the world of intimacy. And so through being in close proximity in the world of intimacy, that allows an identification of the, of the master, if you like, or the, the owner of the slave uh, with the slave. Mm. And so the death of the slave, the death of the victim, is partly your own death. So in that sense, I think he's... Um, um, I'm in some sympathy with the idea of the the, the, the victim as substitute mm-hmm. for the for the sacrificer, but um, I think it's slightly bizarre theory, to be honest. Uh, but it nevertheless an interesting theory. Yeah. Um, and I think to undergird this idea or theory of sacrifice's refusal, you you present a, a perhaps is different understanding of the the I, the subject undergoing the sacrifice, as it were. And obviously you're grounding this in um, the sort of um, historical studies that you you have in Indian religion. But would you like to elaborate on this I, this index I, that there would need to be if sacrifice was going to be understood the way you understand it? Certainly. I I think that... That's an interesting question, but it's, it's, it's quite complex in the sense that we have to draw a contrast, I think, between modern societies and what we might call pre-modern societies. Uh, Charles Taylor draws our attention to a distinction that he calls the porous self or the, uh, the buffered self. The buffered self is the self of modernity who is um, buffered or protected against the cosmological forces, as it were, whereas the uh, porous self is the self of pre-modernity uh, whose boundaries between self and world are porous and therefore allows in external forces and parts of the self can be expressed externally as well. Now, I, I, that might be a bit of a, a crude distinction, but I, I think nevertheless it's useful in the sense that the, the pre-modern self and sacrif- sacrifice occurs predominantly in pre-modern societies that the person, the, 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 the boundaries between self and world are porous. And so, um, although in the sacrificial victim, in the, in the sacrifice, the victim is, um, stands in for the sacrificer, it's not an individual sacrificer. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an individual in one sense, in the sense that it's a single person, but um, that person becomes um, a representative of the community, is that there's a collective subjectivity or shared notion of the I present in the sacrificial victim I and, and does that victim willingly assume that sense of the I um, but the sacrificer I think does, mm. the person who pays for the sacrifice as it were mm. uh, the victim is usually an animal so mm. wouldn't have a say in it and in, in a, sacri- a human sacrifice which is unusual I think mm. in human societies um, I'm not sure to what extent the 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 person is an agent mm. in that, or to what extent they're forced, they're probably forced most of the time, I imagine. Mm. Um, but y- yes, but the, I think the point is that the, this, this, 
the eye becomes has variable boundaries, and so the the the, the eye of the sacrificer uh, becomes a collective subjectivity in a sense. He becomes, mm. or she indeed, becomes a representative of the community. Mm. Um, and this is a this often happens in cosmological traditions, mm. traditions where the meaning of life. The meaning of your life is is given in a in a wider cosmological context, mm. in which there's a hierarchy of being, as it were. Mm. So I think that's important in sacrificial cultures. Well, it's absolutely fascinating, and um, time is short, so it just remains to say thank you very much indeed for your time. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs>